Runners on your mark. For kids, so like kids don't like go through the supermarket and pop all the tabs. Oh, that's a shame. That's no, there's no fun in that. I know. The marginal chance of a kid getting drunk in the supermarket is what keeps some of those employees going every day. <laughs> I'm actually really surprised it didn't explode. Mine had a little bit of squirt. <laughs> Squirted a little bit. All right. Um. That's actually better than I thought it was. Not terrible. <laughs> Not the worst beer I've had. All right, so it's been definitely a while since we've recorded. Indeed. Um, and that's probably mostly my fault. We probably could have figured something out over the phone, um, but uh, I was too too lazy to do that. Mostly because I've, you know, been settling in up there. Fair um, enough. But how have you been? Ah, it's been it's been going. I've had actually quite quite an exciting past few months. Been all over the place, man. Now I'm about to go even farther away tomorrow. Yeah. Um. So for any of you who didn't know, Zach's moving to China tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. <laughs> so this is uh, view this as an exit interview almost. I guess so. I mean, I guess if we if we really wanted to do a try hard once you're settled in, like once we're both settled in, like we could try to do a live podcast from China. That'd be pretty lit. That'd be pretty cool. Um, does does China like does China allow that? I mean, I have a VPN, so okay, perfect. Better to beg forgiveness than to ask permission. <laughs> that's what that's what I always say. <laughs> that's what I say no matter where I go. Um, and then you went to Prague uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, Prague, London, and Dresden. Dang, world traveler over here. Yeah, Prague's lit. Ten out of ten would recommend. <laughs> Prague is a very cool city. Dang. Um. So what what was that like? How how did what first of all what was the occasion? Was it just like a kind of like a getaway? Yeah, a bunch of friends that I had met over the summer at the camp that I did in Denmark um, met up in Prague for New Year, just kind of like best way to celebrate New Year. And like it was really easy for them just because a lot of them live in Europe, so they could just pick a central location. But I was like, you know what? I was I've got the ability to go do this. I may as well just get after it and go do it. And I mean, that was the first my first experience with snow in Europe, which is like awesome but at the same time like being from florida and not owning a heavy jacket like i was very unprepared and it was freezing cold and all the other european um people were laughing at me for you know being cold wearing just a hoodie when it was like snowing pelting us with snow walking around the streets and i'm just like trying to keep a straight face but i was definitely really cold but i was like i, I just don't own a heavy jacket that is never a necessity in florida in no circumstances is it ever cold enough to where you need a heavy jacket like hoodies are usually set now my, my first experience with snow was at barry um, like you remember Snowpocalypse in Atlanta? <laughs> uh, it happened at Barry too. The whole campus shut down, um, and I, I went through the same thing. I didn't have any like real jackets, but for next time, what you should do is uh, layer as many hoodies as possible, <laughs> and then put a rain jacket over it. I actually bought a. Uh, oh, I was in West Virginia visiting family, and obviously it snows there. I mean, it was actually like seven degrees one morning when I was there. 
And so I actually went to the store and we bought a, um, a heavy jacket that was on clearance at Dick's out there because they just have tons of them. So I've got a like three in one heavy jacket now that I'm taking over to China because apparently it's going to be like below 10 degrees like next week while I'm there. So I've got like a very, I've got a heavy jacket that's like basically it's a puffy jacket inside of, zipped inside of like a lighter like windbreaker type of thing. So it's like a three in one. So you can either just be the puffy heavy jacket or if it's like a little bit wet, you can have the other one on top of it, which is just an extra small layer to kind of keep you warm. It's very warm. So dang, that's pretty sweet. I've never owned a heavy jacket, like a real heavy jacket before. That's the first one. It's like, wow, these are like actually pretty useful. I'm actually going to be living somewhere where that's a necessity. And that's just kind of a weird thing. Like I I went to the beach like not too long ago here yeah, in in January. So, and it was like, it's actually really warm today. Yeah. Which is weird. Like I walked out of the door this morning. Like yesterday I was wearing sweatpants and a sweater and I was like kind of shivering. Yep. And today I walk outside, I'm wearing pants again. And I was like, oh. All right. Well, looks like I have to shave the legs and actually put on shorts today. <laughs> That's Florida for you, man. This is weird. The leg shaving as well. That's just half, half, yeah, of, man. half of all Floridians shave their legs. And it's the only way to survive Florida heat. I'm thinking about like, should I shave my legs in Beijing just to blend in? Mm. I feel like I feel like leg hair is not really that big of a thing in in China. That's because they don't grow it, man. Well, yeah, but I mean, do I need to like assimilate and? They do grow beards, legs. though. Like, they grow this, like, weird, like, it's would, only here, only the goatee, and then the if rest If they taught me down. how to do that, I would totally be down for that. Like, I'd totally, you know how lit it would be if I came back with sporting one of those beards? Like, I would look like I have achieved enlightenment. Like, <laughs> one year in China, and boom, I'm enlightened. <laughs> I've literally become the Buddha, or I've just become some, like, monk. <laughs> Super stoic. You know, Violet went to China this summer. Um, That's right. She said that, uh, what's weird is that restaurants that we think are like you know low-end kind of garbage here are actually really good there like pizza hut she went to a pizza hut and, and it was like a sit-down restaurant see that's how it was in india like like the mcdonald's like i mean obviously it's probably the crappiest of what they have there but like it was like nice and the food tasted so much more clean than the mcdonald's here. like i mean the mcdonald's there is like the best mcdonald's food i've ever had in my entire life it's like a weird thing i was like that's what my mom was like the first thing that i do food wise might be like just going to one of the mcdonald's and just trying whatever the local like menu item that you can only get in china like for yeah. whatever the name of it is why doesn't well why doesn't like uh the u.s have that honestly they should because that would people would go crazy over that like that would make they, they should at least just release like every month release something um some menu item in the u.s that's like normal in another country on mm-hmm. their menu item like you know that americans would, would eat that crap up like we love foreign food yeah, I mean, and for good reason it's, it's amazing but it's, it's, it's obviously even better when you're there so Indian food here is pretty good. Like if you go to like a pretty good Indian restaurant here, mm-hmm. but like it still doesn't really compare to like just how fresh the food tasted when you were there. And it's just yeah. it was just so so flavorful. And I'm like I feel like that's what I've heard about Chinese food too. Is it's like it's it just doesn't compare um, when you're having something that's similar over there versus yeah. here. Well, I mean they like literally pick it and then bring it to the restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. It's they like, just grab a dog off the yeah. streets, you know, oh. fry him up and. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> First meal in China. <laughs> it's like what kind of what kind of pooch was this? Uh, it, was, it was a pit bull. It's a dangerous breed anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> I uh, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um. Oh man. Uh. So besides that, like, how's running been? You, I know you did your first marathon. Yep, that was very. <laughs> it was very humbling. Yeah, uh, I very d- definitely learned that like that's something that you can't fake. It's like. 
definitely don't recommend making your longest run in training um, only a half and oh. only one time. Like my, and it was just a half marathon that I ran. That was my longest run in training. My long runs never went above 10 miles and they were rarely 10. Usually they were like eight. Cause I was basically just doing my 5k training with like the high schoolers that I was helping coach. And so like I was able, I, I feel like I was just, I was really going in just like, I did that 10 miler in October and I ran under 60 minutes and I really wasn't in shape yet. And I was like, okay, you know what? I've still got a little bit in me. I could probably rely on my like natural ability and just like the base that I built up over the years. And I'm like, even though if I'm not in great shape, I should still be able to handle it. But it's like, and I was fine through 20 miles. And then we hit that, I hit that 10 K mark to go. And my, it was like aerobically, I was fine. I was ready to go. But my hamstring locked up. Like I think it's my body just was not ready to run that long at a pace faster than I've been doing most of my training at. And it's like, I made it through 20 and like I was talking the last 10 K with my dad consistently just talking because he's on the bike with me, handing me like noon whenever I needed it, which is like made me feel elite, even though I was running super slow, mm-hmm. especially the last 10K. And then, but yeah, I was talking the whole way, but just my hamstring just locked up. I mean, I went from like 645 pace, like at that moment, I was slowing a little bit, 645, and then, but I was still on pace to go well under a Boston qualifier. And then 10K to go, my hamstring locked up so bad, I went immediately to like 830 pace, like no real jump in the sevens, really. And then, yeah immediately to like 8.30 pace and just could not run any faster because my hamstring just would not let me do it. And like I also had a little bit of calf pain, but it's like my body just was not ready to handle 26.2 miles. And yeah, it humbled me a lot. Dang. Um, I, don't, I, don't think, uh, I don't think I'm ready for that kind of experience yet. You just, you got to do really long runs in training is what I've learned. Like, I mean, I, I, I obviously should have known that. Like I've been running long enough and know enough about running towards like, I, I just, I was kind of being very naive. I think like I was being like willfully ignorant, I guess. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, I can maybe fake this, but yeah, it wasn't quite the case. I almost faked it. I faked 20 miles and then absolutely shat the bed. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. still finished though. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I didn't walk. I was like, I make fun of Galloway method people way too much. It's like I can't become the person that walk runs. I was like, well, I, I was. I don't care how slow I'm running. I have to make sure I'm running the whole way. Otherwise, I'm gonna be like that that guy that picks on the Galloway runners and then ends up becoming one at the end of a marathon. I hear Ryan Sloan Galloway the uh, last 10K of Boston one year. <sighs> Sloan's the only person who can get away with that. Like, Sloan's the only person that can still have credibility after doing Galloway method. No, he, he Galloway, I think he Galloway like the last six miles, man. Like, like not on purpose. Like, no, he, was on he, purpose. Was he hurting? Yeah, he was hurting. But, I mean, when you're hurting, you just switch, like, say you go, say you get like three minutes uh, and then one minute walk. But during the three minutes, you're running like six ten pace. Well, I mean, if I was doing the Boston course, I may sprinting. not. Have been, I may not have been able to, to finish like just all running. I may have ended up being a Galloway if I was doing Boston. Like, it's a, it's a completely different course, and like the weather wasn't great at Ameris, but it uh, is still significantly better than like it was at Boston last year. Yeah. Or, I mean, really, reasonably speaking, like even any of the past few years, like Boston weather wise has just been absolute crap the past few years. Yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't been really good. And the course is just really, unless it's absolute perfect conditions, the course is really just not set up to run fast. Well, I mean, half of it's downhill, which like fries your hamstrings or yeah. fr- fries your quads, and you get uphill and it fries your hamstrings. And yeah, it's it's a strange it's a strange course. I mean, like we had that one year where everybody ran like super super fast with like the huge tailwind and like yeah. the perfect weather, and then every other year it's just usually hot. Or then we had that like the super cold rain last year. Like that was just that that race was set up for the the runners with the huge quads. Honestly, like you saw like Yuki and Desi, like they probably had if we measure their quads. Can we, or we need to get a measurement on this. Like if you measure their quads, I guarantee those two had like the biggest quads in the professional fields. And like, <laughs> coincidence? I don't know. I mean, seems seems pretty foolproof to me. Like, yeah. I mean, because you think about it, like 
they have both had phenomenal performances and like they both took advantage of the day and like we're just competitors but like they have no business winning a world marathon major in like a normal on a normal no, day no. but i mean you got to give them credit for taking advantage of the day and being able to beat a pro that didn't I guess just fade in the weather and all that stuff, and or drop out. Yeah, I mean that's that's great I for them. I think like half the field dropped out. Yeah, maybe I mean, more. Their toughness definitely got them through. But it's like I mean, if you any other world marathon major, like there's no way they win. Yeah. It's like Yuki's going. They're both going back to Boston this year, and it's like I unless you have some crazy weather conditions like that again, and even if they have crazy weather conditions again, it's just probably still unlikely that either one of them would end up yeah. on the podium again. Yeah, as good as they are. I mean, all right, so, like, I think Dez, De- that was Dez's, like, one win. Oh, if yeah. If I had to put money on That it. was like, her moment. It. She took advantage of the one chance she had, yeah. which is good. I mean, that's the, that's what you need to do as an athlete that's, like, just not quite at the top level. Like, if you ever get that opportunity, you have to seize it. you got to give her 100% credit for doing that. Yeah. Especially after falling back. Like, I mean, like. It's like both both of them like really were had moments where it just looked like there was just no chance they were like you're like all right it's early in the race and they've already like pretty much lost it but you kind of expected that with those two it's like okay neither one of these people are really in my mind contenders but then all of a sudden the end of the race comes and like they've just toughed it out a lot better yeah I was actually really surprised that Molly Huddle didn't hang in like, yeah cause, especially because like she was uh she didn't have a really good New York. I think she's yeah. been in, like she's been disappointing as a marathoner so far to me. She's done I think she's done so well on the roads mm-hmm. that I just expected the marathon to just be immediate takeover. Like I expected her to immediately compete with like a Jordan Hasse, mm-hmm. and but it just hasn't quite. Maybe it she seems like she hasn't figured the, it out. Yeah, yeah, she either hasn't figured it out or maybe for all we know, I mean, her just she's maybe one of those few runners where like her top end is just she's phenomenal from anything from like five k to half, and like like. Zerosne Tedesse and just yeah. cannot fit, figure out the marathon even though you just look at them and you're like okay this person should be able to do this like you look at Tedesse and you're like that guy should run 203 easy and, and he, he just can't figure it out ran, I think he run 207 I think that's like 207 high is that his PR something like around there I think his, his PR is definitely from just like a, some podunk race or maybe in like the breaking two thing yeah like i'm pretty sure his pr is like 207 high and you look at that and you're like how how the hell is his pr only 207 high especially because he's a like 58 guy and what yeah was until this past year the world record holder in the half marathon which i mean the half marathon you i'm really excited to see that in distance kind of making a little bit of a revival because like so many people going after fast times in the half this past year was exciting i mean i think the half is an underrated distance and it needs to be raced more by pros i think it's i think it's one of the the better distances to race too oh yeah i mean if you think about it like you start to get tired in a half around 10 11 miles but you've only got two to go exactly but um like marathon you have to gut it out for another half yeah like you're starting to hurt like halfway through but you gotta just kind of keep it rolling i mean see that was the thing like i mean and maybe it was just for mine like i didn't really start hurting until about 18 and i was like but it was the kind of hurt where i was like i hadn't had anything wrong with my body yet like my body hadn't locked no my hamsters hadn't locked up my calf hadn't gotten sore and i was like and I was like, okay, I knew, I was like, I'm probably going to slow up just a little bit and be just a tiny bit off of what my, like, ideal, like, my A goal, I would say, was, like, my, my top, and, yeah. like, just barely dipping under 250, and, but I was still on pace to run well under 255, but then it's like, but then you hit that 20, two miles later, literally, and just everything went downhill. Which what, is, uh, what was your finish time? 307. Okay, so, you did die. Yeah, oh, very, bad, <laughs> very badly, yeah. The last 10K was, like, I was, I felt like, I mean... I was running, but like I, I felt like I was standing still. Like I got passed by so many people. Like I was actually, I feel like I was pretty decently far up standings wise through twenty. 
Yeah. And then if you like, if you could find, I don't know if they're in the results of even shows. If you could find where I was place wise at mile twenty, and look at it um, at the finish, like I probably dropped like forty places. Yeah. Like that's a very very potential like thing. Like I was expecting to easily finish top ten in the marathon based on what I think like I definitely can do. I just wasn't prepared to do it. I yeah. Got exposed big time. Hey man, uh, that's what happens when your longest run is ten miles. Hey man, you know I mean can't fake that race that's that's one you definitely cannot fake and i learned that the hard way i mean it's like i should have known but you know, i was willfully ignorant i think on that yeah um so sorry about not running with you yesterday all right i told you that i'd, I'd tell you my super secret sports that's right i want to hear them all right so i haven't i haven't actually been um i would say i haven't been sick uh, in a while, actually, this has been this has been a pretty long Still run. Of, you, just did, uh, you just did a secret run yesterday and didn't want us to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I'm back. I'm back to training again, trying to go after 5k PR from um, college so that I can be better in you and Alice's eyes. Obviously, <laughs> you gotta you gotta get that <laughs> official sub 16. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, to be honest, it really makes no sense that I haven't gotten it yet. Um, yeah. but. Like I, if you look at my my PRs on paper, then like you would think that there was like something wrong with me, like that I was just like always injured. Yeah. Which isn't totally, totally far from the truth. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm back at it. That's that's what I've been. I picked up a new coach. I'm with uh. Jerry Lawson. Yeah, Jerry Jerry Lawson. Um, he's coaching me from his ghost like state. <laughs> the legend. Yeah. He just knocked on your door one day. Jehovah's Witness just knocked on your door, and he was just like, "It was Jerry." And he's like, "I'm gonna coach you." I was I was told to come coach you. Now I'm I'm with this uh, coach in Atlanta. Uh, he's the head coach at Oglethorpe University. Okay. And so he's he's writing my training plan, um, getting me into races and stuff. Um, yeah. So maybe uh, I'll actually make something out of this this whole like I don't know, I think like nine ten year business I've been been doing for that. <laughs> You know, um, so that's what I've been up to. Um, hey, I mean, that's fair enough. You've run some solid 5Ks in the past year, so, I mean, it's just a matter of getting onto the right race in the track, I think, probably. Yeah. What I want to hear about this workout, though. Uh, I, so I did a 4 by 2 k Okay. Uh, with about a minute rest. Um, on a track or No, road, on this, like, grass? hilly hilly park uh, path. Okay. It's, it was, like, marked by quarter, quarter miles, and it was just, like, a lot of, like, ups and downs. Um and windy as heck so naturally if you weren't dropping sub sixes i can't be impressed yeah yeah well so i went like 713 715 706 704 okay. so it came out to about 2830 ish for ak pretty good i think that's about like 545 average okay but i had like my friend biking with me and like when it would get like real gusty you know like when wind blows in your in your face and while you're trying to like run fast it feels like you're suffocating yeah do you get that it's the worst feeling like it, it feels like it feels like the wind is going into your lungs and it's like a forced air our home thing. course my sophomore year like the cart that was like riding um in our back trail loop like the dust was just pushing up so much dust that we were like i was like i almost like wanted to like run slower at that point just because yeah. i was like i i cannot handle this like just completely going it, was just, it ruined everything it was just like the race was just so it was already hot as hell to begin with yeah it was like it's alabama in you know what is technically late 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 summer and it's, you're no, racing at 11 a.m so it's no like 85 alabama. degrees at minimum but yeah. really it's 
the humidity and everything like the real feels pretty much well into the mid 90s yeah and then you got on top of that you got the dust just flying up yeah that's the worst um but yeah it was like it was like uh, when the wind would hit me i would just kind of like motion austin to get in front of me because like he was he was on a, a big like mountain bike so when he got like kind of like diagonal he was able to like break the, some of the wind for me that was coming right. across me um but other than that it was like it was just a real like battle into headwinds the whole way which was i mean to run to run like 540s uh, i'll take that yeah yeah sure it shows that i'm like in decent if it's pretty hilly then you had short rest that's that's not too bad yeah so i have to see the course that's my secret fitness (laughs) yeah you can are you on strava no well you gotta get on strava man i mean i guess maybe i should just go on strava and just start and just go out there and murk a bunch of um strava records in beijing Although Beijing's a big enough city to where there might be some records I can't touch, so you never know. I bet, I bet, like, uh, with the amount of like high schoolers out there who are running like sub fourteens, that there's somebody, somebody who's got like Strava records that are untouchable in China. Oh, for sure, somewhere. I'm just, that's, I'm just gonna find some of the hobby jogger ones, um, mm. like in yeah. some area of close to me in Beijing, and just go beat them. Are you gonna do Beijing Marathon or uh, the I'm, Great Wall Marathon? You said you were gonna. I'm hoping to, to get to get into that one. It's just gonna depend, like. Technically speaking, like it's a, I'm not gonna do it if they're gonna try to say, okay, well you're not technically a citizen of China, so you have to buy the um, vacation package because I live so close to it. Like I'm not gonna pay two thousand dollars for a tour of basically the area that I'm living. Yeah. But apparently the the website's kind of like not super clear because I guess it's just, I mean it's it's Chinese. I mean, but it's <laughs> so it's not very clear to me. It's just different and. But it says that if you're a resident, which I will be at the time, that you can just pay the entry fee to the marathon. And the marathon's like less than an hour taxi ride, the start of it, away from where I'm going to be living. So it's like, if I get the chance, I'm definitely going to do it. It'll just be a long run, really. Like, I'm gonna, my goal would be like, I know that like, it's pretty hilly. So it's like, I may be, honestly, I'm like, after the first one, I was like, okay, I, I don't want to be willfully ignorant again. But it's like, it's not uh, the kind of marathon that attracts like super fast runners. Because I mean, yeah. if you're foreign you pretty much have to buy the really expensive vacation package to do it so it's like i'm thinking like i i should i would i would expect that maybe i'd be one of the more fit people doing that race and i could just kind of cruise really just try to run easy and that way i could really save all my energy because i know that the stairs are going to kick the crap out of me and just like see if i can just jog on all the um just really just jog up the stairs just to really just save all my energy and then just try to run a, a reasonable easy pace like maybe 745 on the straights and that that based on the previous year's results would give me a uh, a win the course record on that is like insane though like some guys like went after it a couple years ago and they both went like 308 which i'm like to do that on the great wall of china marathon I'm like that looks it's, a, it's supposed to be one of the more challenging marathons in the world according to like the world like the the series that it's a part of, of like yeah. some of the most challenging marathons they have one like it's like in the sahara desert and other things and like this is supposed to be one of the most challenging ones in the world and like so the, uh, that's definitely one that I'm just going to run as a train run. Like it'll be – the ideas for my paces on the straights to be easy just because I know that like I'm going to be climbing a lot of stairs and regardless of how fast I go on that, it's gonna it, that's going to take a toll. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, uh, maybe – essentially like doing lunges or, yeah. s- or Stairmaster between like <laughs> – you know, you should actually do that. Go to You should you should go to a gym. And start practicing you, that Yeah, way. you start practicing. At, so you got to do like two hours on the, on the stair climber. Two hours. And then go do a two-hour long run. And then oh you should God. be golden. I think that I might like I pro- I might kill myself if I do that. 
like not not like physically like just the fact that i think i would hate myself so much after doing something like that <laughs> that i might just be like all right it's, it's over yeah i i don't think i i don't think i've been on the stairmaster for more than like five minutes i think i've only ever done the stairmaster just to be like ooh, look at me i'm on the stairmaster like i mean i probably like uh, yeah i probably the kind of like I used to definitely joke about the fact that we had one of those at our like student athlete gym. Cause it's like, who uses this? I was like, oh, I think it was like, what athletes are using like at our school are using the stairmaster? Like this is like, I mean, I just picture it as like stereotypical, like this like at like Planet Fitness, like in the No Judge Zone, like some old people getting on the stairmaster. So. Oh my goodness. What's going on with the camera? Um, we lost uh, we lost our camera. Ah. Oh. It, it turned off. It was bound it's to. Got happen. that auto thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll keep an eye on it this time. So my face broke it. Yeah, that's probably it. It happens all the time. Um, but yeah, I think I think I know what what type of athlete we're talking about with like stairmaster. It's probably like what sport had that person that was doing that was using that? Like, what sport was utilizing the stairmaster? Yeah, I think I think it's the I think it's the riding like the horse riders we don't have that you don't have one? all right never mind i mean we probably have a we have a lot of people that rode horses in detroit but like that wasn't a sport that we had so like you know regular students didn't have access to our gym but you don't have like you don't have horse girls at, at we, the we, school oh, we have plenty of horse girls at troy but not not like as a official school sport oh see like the it's kind of just like a cultural thing it's just like you know you if you're walking around i mean that's just a general thing in alabama though it's like you're walking around and like probably a, a good a good forty percent. I wouldn't like. I don't want to quite say half. It might be half, but like a good forty percent. I would say like is a pretty reasonable estimate. Like to make sure that I'm at least there. Our horse girls. Okay. Yeah. So like we had um we had like a a whole team sport thing for it. Yeah. Um and the the women's team was like. I think they were national champions like three or four years while I was there. Oh wow! So you had the like, elite yeah, horse girls. We had the elite elite of the elite horse girls. Like they can ride horses like no, nobody else can. Boy. Yeah crazy yeah but uh, that's who i think is using a stair stepper out of that or like imagine like this all right imagine like a cross-country athlete who's like injured and they're just tired of doing every other cross training like they've they pull around like eight I times this week. Jog too many they, times <laughs> they've, they've been on the bike like every day and and they've tried going outside but it hasn't worked they're still bored as hell um They've they've tried to row 5k in the same time that they can run it, but it's not possible. And so they're they're left to the stair stepper, and so they're on there like trying to get like their cardio uh, back up to the level it was when they're running. Um, and imagine like they're stair stepping like faster than anybody's ever stair stepped before. I'd That's be interested to on. see that. <laughs> Didn't they have like the one guy that did the uh, stair stepper marathon in like LA at that um at, like the uh, Tosh Point oh thing a couple years ago when he did that like the the it was either a treadmill. Oh, yeah. Well, there was the one guy that did the treadmill, and I believe there was the one guy that did the marathon on the stair stepper. This is like back when I actually watched Tosh Point. I don't think I've actually seen it. And they still do that apparently. Apparently, is Tosh Point oh still? I around? believe so, but like I probably haven't seen like a live episode of Tosh Point oh since. Maybe like early high school. I don't think they allow them to film anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they did something like in LA where they had that, that Kenyan guy that came out and did the marathon on the treadmill. And they also, but they also had a guy that was doing the whole marathon on the stair stepper. And I was like, why would you wish that upon yourself? But the guy was like smiling when they did the interview. And I was like, dude, I wouldn't even hide the fact that this sucks. I was like, at no point should you ever, like, ethically, you should not let, tr do anything that could potentially 
cause other people to say, you know what, that doesn't look that bad. He doesn't look like he's hurting that much. Like you put yourself into that position and you're just setting yourself up for failure. It's like it's like me doing the marathon without training for it. It's just like you you were so confident because you saw this and then you're like and then it just wrecks you. And you're just like, wow. Yeah. Very humbling. That's true. Alright, so what if you did half and half? Like you do half your half of your marathon on the roads, let's say with a group. Um and like then you get on the treadmill and you do half a marathon and it's for charity. And so the the amount of time that you're on the treadmill is is for charity. Let's say you did that. Oh man. Only only the most elite like only the lords of the world could do that. <laughs> like only the only the true lords of the world could do that. Yeah. As long as I mean, as long as they're advertising themselves <laughs> in the midst, you know, it's yeah. Just... You're you're like a race car. Like your single is gonna have sponsors on it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's gonna have like say you run for like this brand that you are. That's your brand. It's yeah. on there. And you're tagging you all these different things you're wearing on on Facebook and Instagram. It's yeah. like you know what? If it wasn't for if it wasn't for me having this specific pair of tights that do this specific thing, there's no way. I could have finished that last 13 miles on the treadmill. Honestly, uh, there's nothing that mentally could get me to want to do 13 miles on the treadmill. Like, no, I would, I would, I, I, I've told you this before, but every time, every time it's like, kind of like a treadmill day. Like you know, some people will be like, oh, it's raining really hard, and I don't really feel like going outside. When it's a treadmill day, um, I get on the treadmill for five minutes, and then I hit stop, and I'm like, I'm just not running. Like, oh, I'm just not running. I hate today. it. I think the longest I've ever been able to actually manage to do on a treadmill is a 60 minute run and I was like never again four like, miles was my cutoff I did a 60 minute run so I did about eight maybe a tad over eight because that was when I was in college um and I was running a little bit too fast on my easy runs I think and I did probably a little over eight on the treadmill in 60 minutes and yeah I was like never again it was just like I, I can't believe I decided to like bitch out like it was it was raining really hard outside but it's like I would have much preferred to do that in the rain and just yeah. hopped in a hot shower afterwards Brad said this one time to me. He's like, "Yo, skin's waterproof, bro," and I—that's not true. But um, I, I did appreciate it. Like, it was and essentially his way of Brad telling you his like, own kind of wisdom. <laughs> like it's it 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 makes sense in some way, but you're also like that's just you're like that's there's no way that that's ever a thing. But in some way, it does make sense. You can see where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. He's I mean, got a very strange kind of wisdom. Skin is not waterproof, oh, though. No. Like, it's, no. it's just not, like, I mean, I can wear, like, a rain jacket and get through a rainy run now, but... I still like to run, like, shirtless in the rain. If it's not super cold, like, I like to run shirtless in the rain. It just feels good. Like, I mean, mist is obviously, I think, mist rain. Like, when I was trying running last night, and towards the end of the run, it was, like, that mist. It was, like, perfect. It felt, felt so good, because there's barely, barely any droplets. It was just, like, mist, but it was super, super perfect temperature-wise. Like, yeah. That's the best, but like even if it's pouring rain, like my shoes are gonna be soaked afterwards. But I've got a foot dryer, like a shoe dryer, foot dryer, yeah, shoe dryer. Just stick your a feet dryer in there and it just goes. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of the um, things you use at the um, the public restrooms that are really annoying. It's like I just want paper towels. I know it's like wasteful, but I'd prefer a paper towel to these air blades like any day because they're just Whoa, Dyson air blades. They're terrible. I mean, what if you just stuck your feet in it? Exactly. That's the, that's that's essentially what I'm what I'm talking about. Except it's just for shoes. It's oh. a shame, honestly. A Dyson Airblade would probably feel better on your feet than your hands. It's just annoying to have to like to like have your hands dry in an Airblade. It just it just takes so much longer, and it's just tedious. 
So even if it's warm and like you just really like that warm air, it's just it's still just tedious. Like I would so much prefer just to rip off a paper towel and be done. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I I'd be like, you know what? It's it's good that we're not wasting as much paper, but at the same time, like, why don't all restrooms just say, all right, paper towels, and you're only allowed to recycle in these? So, um, Atlanta has this like really weird winter weather where like it's 30s but it's raining oh um and so when i got up there i like i I recognized immediately that my running wardrobe is just total trash yeah like there's nothing in there that can prepare you for that so i've been i've been like i've been buying um maybe a little bit too much money in, in running apparel lately and I got this like yeah okay so yeah I got this tracksmith um like, yeah you bought one you probably bought one long sleeve for the same cost of like my entire Nike long sleeve kit maybe but <laughs> all right so I got this uh, merino wool base layer oh my god right and and then I I've been putting uh there's this like rain jacket they have the harbor shell and but here's what gets me about it it's short sleeve so your core is real warm and, and and it's got waterproofing on it, but then like after that, like your sleeves are gonna get wet. I don't need you don't need them. That's what I so I thought. As long about as your it, core, and I'm like, as my, long as your core is warm, you're good. That's what I thought, man. That's what I thought. But I, I ran in I ran in the rain with it on the other day, um, with uh, some of the New Balance reps, uh, like Sean and and Andrew were out there, and we were running, and I I get done. And my my long sleeve is just soaked, but the rain jacket did exactly what it it was supposed to, right? So you know the merino wool is made by special comes from special lambs. Yeah, uh, that are raised in air conditioning. Exactly. Yeah, yeah the perfect temperature at the they're they're the raised time. in refrigerators um, that you can stack the lambs in, and and it's kept at seventy two degrees, perfectly. This is the the sequel to the movie Silence of the Lambs. Literally just showing you how merino wool is being made. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, really. Everybody should watch this documentary. Silence <laughs> of the Lambs 2. The features merino wool. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's like a refrigerator on, on your body. Like, you put it on, and it keeps your skin at a toasty 72 degrees, no matter no matter what temperature it is outside. <laughs> it could be 110. You could put prefer, this merino wool on. I'd prefer 69. You'd be comfortable. Like, that'd be the perfect temperature. It's, like, just below 70. It's, like, well, one, I mean, just the, obviously the, the satisfaction of just having it at 69, but also the fact that, like, just below 70 is perfect. That's what I set my apartment to. I always set my apartment to 69. I mean, it, it actually is. It actually is the ideal it is, sleeping temperature. It is a perfect temperature. temperature. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it just, it's, so, it's so, like, layered. It's just, like, such a great temperature to set your, like, room at in general just because, obviously, it'd be nice. But then yeah. you've got, but yeah. then, I mean, just it's just a quality sleeping temperature. Nobody's nobody's ever complained about the quality of their sleep sleeping at sixty nine degrees. No, I I think um, so over the summer I like before my senior year I stayed at Barry, and my roommate and I kept the apartment on. I think it was like I I literally think it was sixty. Like the entire summer we had it just like it was so cold in the room that's that perfect. we would get inside and we would wear hoodies and sweatpants to bed see that's what i love like i i kept i, I like keeping my apartment cold because it's like and my fan was on in my room so it's like I, I knew i was in the perfect temperature when i was like i'm, I'm sitting in my room playing video games or watching netflix and i'm wearing uh, wearing pajama pants and a hoodie and yeah. it's like that's the perfect like or a long sleeve like a soft long sleeve it's like my 
my college roommate actually I just got a Christmas present from him today that his um, his girlfriend dropped off for me it's like as soon as I opened it I was like wow he knows me so well he literally just got me these super soft Nightmare Before Christmas pajamas and he even knew like what size to get me because he knows that I've got a big butt and I just can't really and it just it's like I lengthwise on my legs I should be wearing a small but my butt is so big that like I just can't fit the waistband of the small so he just knew gets me a medium like just the perfect super soft Nightmare Before Christmas pajama pants like perfect thing that I needed right before moving to China was just more soft pajamas and in the right size he just knows me so well what a bro nice what an absolute that, that, bro that guy's a that guy's rocking yeah shout out to Ryan he probably will never listen to this but shout out um so Ryan Ryan's the guy you live with your senior year all three years oh really yeah lived with him all three years lived with him in Trojan Village in the dorms on Troy which is we were pretty spoiled like Trojan Village is a really nice dorm. Like, it's pretty much an apartment-style dorm. Like, I shared a bathroom with Brad. Um, then Ryan and Brennan were on the other side, and they shared a bathroom. But we had, like, a living a living room area where we had, like, a TV. I think we all kind of took turns putting our TVs out there. Yeah. And then we all pretty much had a TV in our room as well. And But we had, like, a little kitchen area. Like, basically, the only thing we were missing was an actual stove. Like, because we had the sink, the fridge, the microwave. Like, everything you need, basically, minus a stove. But, like, I had a microwave mac and cheese cooker, so, like... You know we were pretty much lit all the time. Did you get a hot plate? We didn't get a hot... Well, actually, I think Ryan might have had a hot... Ryan had a lot of really weird, obscure kitchen things that was, like, rarely ever used, but whenever he did use them, he made a big deal out of what he was making. Yeah. It was like, he had all these obscure things. He's like, yes, this is going to be perfect. And Ryan actually is a very good cook. Like, he doesn't cook super often, like, big meals, but when he did, it was, like, really good. Like, our other roommate, the roommate that we had my last year of school that Ryan and I had, Tim, he was just... He cooked all the time, and everything he made was good. Like... But it's like Ryan was like he cooked not super often, but everything he made you knew it was gonna be really good. So like Tim was consistent, but Ryan like if you if you if Ryan cooked you knew it was gonna be good, and you always were like yeah I'll I'll, I'll jump in on that. Yeah, yeah we um we cooked pretty much every every day at Barry my last two years. That's because we, we were living in apartments, so we would we would just buy groceries and split it between like everybody who was eating. Um that was that was actually really nice. I. I think we were a little bit more experimental. Like we were willing to try like different stuff every night, which was a lot of fun. It kept the kept grub interesting. I'm looking for the content on it. Uh, I think it's like um. It's like with insulation. I actually have no I idea. Feel like it's like, I feel like it's just higher. I'm like I hadn't had um. I actually oh it's an India pale ale, interbreeding. <laughs> I mean interesting. But, <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's a. So we're we're having we're having an intuition. Um, easy on the eyes. It is it is it is actually the the can is very easy on the eyes. It's, that's pretty pretty accurate yeah. name for it. I actually really like this one. It tastes like tastes like juice. It doesn't taste like juice to me. Really? Alcohol is just not my thing. Like I I drank on New Year's just because I don't know. I mean, it's just special occasion with a bunch of friends in Europe, Prague. Just drank on New Year's. Didn't have alcohol at all until Saturday, and then did a beer mile. And that was freaking rough. Like, oh yeah, that was a lot slower than my. Well, actually, it wasn't. It was less than a minute slower than my first one, but like, it definitely felt worse. And I granted, think... I'm in definitely worse shape than I was when I ran my first one, but at the same time, like, drinking is not my skill, man. Like, I just got out. Like, straight up, I got out drank. Yeah. Like, by the other people who finished ahead of me, like, I just could. I could not keep up with them drinking wise. The first two. Like, Your time wasn't that far behind, though. It wasn't because I I kept my drinking splits very consistent. Like I was a consistently slow drinker, whereas they were very fast at the beginning and then very slow towards the end. 
yeah. where I was pretty consistent. That's why I was able to catch up a lot the last two laps because I was able I was drinking very consistent. But ultimately, like I just couldn't drink fast enough on the first two to be close enough to where I could actually manage to do it. And then it's like I was going up against like somebody. Like I actually was thought I, I was closing pretty decent with two hundred to go. I was like I thought I might have a chance. I was like, all right, Amir looks like he might throw up or like stop to throw up. But like as soon as he started like kicking, I was like, oh, he's an 800, 400 guy. Like there's no chance in that slow of a race like I mean just as far as like just splitting up 400s like there's no way I had any chance of outkicking him so at that point I just like pretty much gave up and I was like I was still running hard into the line but it's like it wasn't all out so I was just like alright just make sure you don't throw up and don't have to do like one of those like crappy laps afterwards yeah um I feel like I feel like you have the ability to go pretty close to all out but the fact that you were up against a guy who you ran like what 51 or yeah, something like something? that. Indoor. Yeah. Indoors. So it's like, yeah, I mean, there was no way once he actually had the ability to hold to, like, kick that I was going to be able to hang, to hang. But at the same time, like, yeah. I was like, I still think I probably would have ended up finishing right behind Adam, even if I would have been all out. Like, I was I think I finished two seconds behind him. I still think that even if I was, like, all out at the end, I still like I would have finished behind him. He, was, he just outdrank me completely. What's, uh, what's Amir's 800 PR? Isn't that, I think it's 154. I'm not positive on that. So if, if Amir hears this, he can feel free to, you know, correct me if I'm, like, giving you too slow. But I think it's 154. All right, let's clown him even more. He's a 158 guy. He's a 158 guy. Yeah. All right, for... So for, he's a 158 guy. For argument's sake, yeah, Amir is a 158 guy. But your your fastest 800 would probably be, what, like, 205? 150, a 159 relay split. So, I mean, if you're talking about an, an open 8, yeah, it probably was, like, a 2-flat 201 if I was if I was to run an open 8, like, the same year. But I never did the open 8. Like, screw that. That was just not for me. Oh, the open 8 hurt. It's way more fun if you're in a relay because then, like, it's kind of like just uh, you just got to pass at least one person. But yeah. in like a in like an open eight, it's like it's just for you. I was very good tactically, so it's like if I'm racing against people who are inexperienced in the eight, like I could do very well and just mess with them and make them run my race to where I could beat them. But if I was racing with somebody that knew what they were doing in an eight that was fast, like there's zero chance I would ever beat them. Like eight hundred was definitely never my event, like at all. Like it's like I got lucky a couple times racing against people that just did not know how to race and didn't know what they were doing, and I was able to tactically beat them even though they may have been a little bit faster than me in an all-out race in an eight but if i ever raced an eight against anybody who had even just a little bit of experience and was and was legitimately just had more leg speed than me then yeah i was gonna i was gonna lose yeah i think the uh secret to the 800 is just kick after yeah. 400 like don't kick at 200 to go kick at 400 so, so to go. for me i have to start kicking at like 600 to go otherwise i'm gonna get dropped straight up like but then pretty you're much kicking, the whole race six hundred meters. Yeah, like pretty much the whole race is a kick for me because it just feels the whole thing feels basically feels. I'm never comfortable in an eight hundred. Like there is not a single like second of an eight hundred that I'm comfortable. It is that's why it was just never a race for me. I was always a true long distance guy and like yeah eight hundreds like I got I can run a solid eight at the end of a workout like without getting a running start into like when we do workouts where we'd be like he'd we'd be finishing with like uh, a hard mile on the track, but he'd like, he's like, all right, I want you guys going super crazy. So he'd be like, all right, you have to run 230 for the first half. Yeah. In the second half, you can pretty much just let it fly. And I was able to drop like um, some, like a 213, 214 occasionally at the end of that, which is like but then you pretty start. significant. Yeah, but you obviously have a running start into it because you've already done a lot of running before that. And then you're basically running a 230 before you can take off of this mile leg. So yeah, I've dropped 443, 444 off of a 230 first 800 at the end of a workout. 
which is respectable, but at the same time, like I, I could not run significantly faster than that for an all out eight. Whereas like somebody who finished behind me may have run like two, they only been able to run like two twenty one for that last eight, mm-hmm. but yet they could run one fifty six for uh, an open eight, and I and just absolutely dust me, and like I would have pretty much zero chance. Yeah. So it's like it's just yeah, I was a true endurance guy. Like I can definitely, I have the strength to where I can run closer to my all out times for some of the shorter races at the end of a race, but it, it I just cannot contend with anybody that has any legitimate decently decent talent in the shorter races yeah yeah it makes sense like i i, I think I, I like my pr in the 400 is a 55 we did in practice in high school just like as a 800 meter workout and all stuff. So i've run 55 which is hand timed obviously so like for all we could know it could be 56 and i was like i'll probably I'll, i will never break 55 for a 400 it's like i, I would have had to like if, even if i tra- if i trained for all my years of high school for just for just for the 400 i think i probably could have run like 53 like top out if I train specifically for the 400. Like I just do not have the skill set. Jeez, man, I've run 53. Well, yeah, it's just <laughs> just different type of runner, man. Like I just I never had the ability to run a super fast quarter. Like I could run. No, I mean I did some races in high school where I closed my 1600s in 60. Yeah, but that's pretty quick. Which is much closer to my 400 PR than other people can run. But I we got to understand like I could not run that much faster than that for an all out four. Yeah, fresh. I mean. All right, so I watched The Incredibles 2 today, um, and we've actually got some, some listener questions to go ahead and answer. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm excited for these. So uh, shout-out to Alex Turnock for, for sending in a couple of these. Um, he's actually the only person who's ever submitted an, like a question to this podcast. Despite us having a Twitter where you can tweet us, uh, you can tweet us questions, and an email where you can email us questions, but... Yeah, only one person has ever texted me questions for this. So, so. all seven Lane 8 fans need to get off their butts. That's right. Yeah. And you I know, know four, you know four of them are. are contributors, which is <laughs> is fine. Uh, but those other three people who aren't contributors and listen, I need you to actually uh, to, to actually answer some questions uh, or, or ask some questions. Yeah, exactly. You can also answer them, too. Well, you could. Uh, here's what you do. Email me a question. Email your answer to it. And then I'll answer it too, and we'll compare. We'll How about see. that? We'll see who's actually right. <laughs> We're gonna destroy you with facts and logic. <laughs> All right. Um, so Alex wants to know what Incredibles character do you relate with? All right. Um, for me, I'm gonna have to say Violet. Definitely Violet. Like, she's definitely got that. Like, she's definitely got some weird stuff to her. Like she's definitely like a super mate, like a closeted weirdo, and like I'm not, I'm definitely by now out of the closet as a weirdo. Yeah, you're out. Like for sure, like mm-hmm. super far out. But like, I just, I resonate with the fact that she's very clearly a weirdo, and so I think that this that even though she's a little bit more closeted about it, kind of comes out because she does kind of come out of her shell as things progress, and so I think that she's kind of on the cusp of that side because she kind of reminds me of like a young me, like on the cusp of letting it all out and then at some point like i feel like if there was going to be an incredibles 3 like she i mean i haven't seen two yet so i don't know if she completely comes out of her shell but like i feel like probably doesn't like i feel like there's an incredibles 3 and she's like early 20s like that's when you're going to see like full full straight on weirdo mode and that's when you that's how that's why i'm like okay yeah she's just basically a younger version of me um Plus, force fields are cool, and I'd love to be invisible. I, like, I think to, to your point, what I guy think, would not love to be invisible, able to yeah. go invisible? 
I think to your point, like she didn't even like really embrace her powers until halfway through the second or f- through the first movie. Yeah, like she was like, I don't really want these. Yeah, she was very passive. I was just like, well, I'm going to a high school, and like I was like, I'm pretty weird. I was on the crossfire team, so I was like, okay, I'm getting a little bit of my weirdness validated. And it's like you go to the outside world, and it's like that's not being validated anymore. And you had to learn very quickly. I was like, you know what? At some point, I was just like, all right, I don't really care. And I thought I didn't really care when I was in high school, even. And I feel like compared to most people, I didn't. But then I get to college, and I completely come out of my shell, and I was like, okay, well, now I, I definitely don't care. So I feel like it was just an evolution, and I feel like she's just kind of a little bit more of a late bloomer than I was, but at the same time, she's it's, it, the potential is definitely there. Yeah. Um, I've actually been thinking about this question for a bit, and I, I still don't know if I completely have an answer for it, um, but I think, uh, I think that Frozone and I have some some common characteristics you, you lose your super suit a lot I, I lose things all the time because uh, like people take them from me um, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty steely cool under pressure you know <laughs> pretty pretty ice ice cold oh my um, <laughs> ice water running through this man's veins yeah um, and uh, I think that best kick in Jacksonville right here Rep Butler a- amen I, I think I think though like that don't at Frozone's me. that guy who like like there's the main cast of characters, right? And Frozen just kind of shows up whenever he's needed, but then he's immediately out and back at his crib, like eating dinner with his wife, just chilling. And that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at, you know, where okay. like I can come in and be a supporting character and actually help win the day sometimes, <laughs> but I'm immediately back home and in the comfort of my my robe and and like you can call me if you need me, but I'm eating dinner, so I'll Usually be there. Usually you're I... calling us while we're at work and just harassing us. Which I appreciate. Hey, um, I mean, look, I, I call you guys because I care. And if I hadn't have started this whole this whole interstore uh, prank call war, <laughs> then none of us would have anything to do at work. The OG first place sports prank calling is just like back, throwback to those days where just like the, the, the wave punani and just some of these crazy, the Hoka like uh, Carltons and oh, yeah. like... The, the gel Nimbus 2001. That was funny. <laughs> Any, it's unisex, man. Anybody can fly it. <laughs> man, I, I remember uh, my first day working out at Town Center. I walk in, and Sean Gorney is, like, on the phone. Fo- like, he's, he looks, like, real serious on the phone. He's standing with his hand on his hip, talking into the phone, and, and like, the first thing I hear is, no, it should be in the neutral section. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the wave punani. Yep, and like he like looks over and says, "Hey, Rhett," uh, and then he like he cracks like a small smile, and like I can I can just picture the person in the soccer room like walking around like, "No, it's not here. I don't know what shoot you're talking about." Everybody who worked at Town Center immediately got corrupted, and you you, you immediately knew who was going to be part of that OG squad just by like how you responded to being corrupted at Town Center. Like the first time you worked at Town Center, I feel like yeah, it just ended up being if you worked at Town Center like. A handful of times, at least, you were you were probably corrupted, and you were part of like the first place sports rebel alliance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, See, so yeah, I'm trying to start that at Big Peach. Like, you're starting a new rebel alliance already early on. Yeah. So here's what I did. Uh, Sean the first already instilled that. The first week that I no, Sean's being like real serious right now because really? he, he's actually a GM, uh, so he can't he can't be too too serious. Or he could be like Uber, or he could just be messing around all the time. That's true. Um, but yeah, Sean, Sean's real serious right now. He's uh, he's not doing any of his prank calling. So I've been 
I've actually been calling, um, I've been calling, like, Big Peaches, like, right before, like, we do transfers. Because we, we do it twice a week, right? Um, we have, like, a courier service come and, like, take transfers for us. Okay. So, like, we're boxing up the night before. So, like, right, like, five, ten minutes before closing, when you're pretty sure every store is already packed up their transfers for the night, I call them. And I'll say, hey, have you already, have you already done your transfers? Hope I'm not too late. And they'll be like, no, like, you're too late. Like, we already packed it up. He's like, oh, shoot. Well, can you check the shoe for me anyway? <laughs> Usually I'll go with, like, the Wave Laser. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Wave Laser's <laughs> classic. Imagine if they had a Wave Laser in the store at the time. Yeah, I know. You know that's actually a shoe, right? Did they ever make a Wave Laser? Yeah, it's an OG, like, um, Zuno shoe. Well, now it's, it is definitely <coughs> not that now. No. In, in reference in running store lingo. But no, it's a it's a unicorn. Yeah, Bomero lady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah, like that, to believe that Bomero lady listens to this podcast sometimes. Did you tell her it existed, or do you think she just no, like stumbled across it? I want her to like it. intuitively find it. Like, I just feel like that'd be a beautiful moment. Like we're talking about wave lasers, and just magically, <laughs> it just happens. All right. Um, Next question from Alex. If you two were dating, what would your couple name be? Oh, jeez. There's actually a follow-up to that one, too. Um, but, all right, so couple name for us would have to... I mean, the butt part in your last name can definitely incorporate both of us because I definitely have the booty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we could definitely put a play on that. The, the booty bros maybe so do we um the butt butt bros <laughs> it's in your last name and i just i just have the butt for it all right that's fair it could just be butt stuff question mark <laughs> it's a it's 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 not that's a couple it's, it's non-conventional but you know it's it, I mean, it's definitely unconventional but well, what's the most conventional way to make a couple name like it's just, just smashing smashing two. names together and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't all right so like rack zekat Rack, I feel like, would be a good one. It's just inherently sexual, and it just works. But Ias. <laughs> but Ias. <laughs> that one kind of works, too. But I feel like that, that could be like somebody's nickname for my butt. But Ias. But Ias. <laughs> it is a hard one. Yeah, it is It is a hard one. I would definitely be willing to crowdsource a couple names. But Ias. But Ias. Get a really that sounds too much like the Brooks Dyad. <laughs> it's like the 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 weirdest shoe and run specialty. All right, uh, his follow up was, "Who would wear the pants in the relationship?" I feel like we would take turns. I feel like it would depend on the topic. And I feel like we would definitely take turns. I feel like there are certain things that we both like. It's my turn to put my foot down, and another would be like, "All right, you know, fair enough." Fair enough. It's it's my turn to put my foot down. It's like, but this is definitely like more my area of expertise. It's like, yeah, but it's my turn. And I'd be like, all right, let's see, let's see how crazy <laughs> shit gets. Let's just see what happens. It's like, it's like, all right, there's some some kind of like somehow there's some kind of like scientific conundrum that our relationship is facing. And it's like, you know what? I'm just like Rhett. I know that you're like much better at science than me, but like <laughs> it's my turn, so I've just got to take this. And you're just like, you know what? We just got to see see how how shit goes. Like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. It's like I've got to like make some kind of like chemi- chemistry concoction to save our lives because we've both been exposed to some like deadly disease that there's only one cure for. And I'm like, pronation. 
Oh my god! If I ever, <laughs> if I ever get exposed to pronation, I don't I don't even know if I'd even be like I don't even know if I'd have like the heart in me to like go go through the process of curing it. I feel like I just like I'd just be so dejected that I think my life would be over at that moment. Yeah. Like if I ever go into a running store like when I'm older and they're just and they try to put me in like a stability shoe and they show me in slow motion on on you know the the really shitty iPad that has you know lock screens of Jerry Lawson. Yeah. Which I set. We've actually uh, we've also just hit the hour, and we're back. Sorry about that. What advertisements use, uh... do we do we have? Oh right, uh, let's go ahead and do our ad read. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Intuition Ale Works. Uh, it's a local Jacksonville brewery um, responsible for the Easy on the Eyes IPA that we are drinking in this episode. Pretty so. pretty simple concept. If you don't like beer, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> I, I've learned that pretty much the hard way with 99% of beers. Um, I think it's very good. But also, I like beer. And you pronate. Uh, I've pronated one time. Just one That's time. That's one time too many. I, I actually noted it in my log. I, I, no, I, noted, I noted the day that I pronated. And, all right, so. Worst training day of the year, I pronated. Just one time, one foot. One foot pronated one step. for one step. And yeah. I immediately was disgusted and just overcome with shame. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the issue, though. I fell off the zoom fly. So... <laughs> So I was doing um I was doing a tempo, uh no I was doing I was doing uh I was doing K's okay uh, on this like gravel uh gravel like loop around this lake, and there's this like spot that has this puddle that's just perpetually there. So I went through the this like puddle and then there was like some mud and I slipped, and I felt my navicular bone dip <laughs> into the water. So like only, you know like when when like your your bone just like you feel like you're when when people pronate. You know, you see it like you exactly. see it fall yeah. over. Well, yeah, I knew it happened because just that part of my foot got wet. I felt cold and wet instantly. You should have. That's exactly how you deserve to feel after doing that. Yeah, yeah. but it was just that, just that one step, that one, one time. time. Um. So yeah, not to worry. I it probably won't ever happen again. Yeah, it's like when people like the first time you like ever start running and you just like don't know the running stores are a thing, and so you like go to. Uh, you go to Dick's or whatever, and you see, like, back in the day, like, you see the Nike Lunar Glide, and you're like, that shoe just looks dope. And little do you know. To be fair, though, it does look dope. But, yeah, and but little do you know, it's 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 a dangerous road to be going on wearing a shoe like that because you're basically just sending the message that you are a, a, a filthy pronator. Dude, I think Brian fit me in a uh, stability shoe my first time. Brian's a legend. Isn't that crazy? Brian gave you a stability shoe. Wow. Yeah, man. Brian's the Brian's the OG troll, honestly. I could see Brian being I could see Brian having a Let's Run account and being one of the most magnificent trolls on there, and just like going home and just I feel like that maybe like sometimes he just sits in the back and just trolls on Let's Run when he's just really over it all, and so he just goes out there on Let's Run and just trolls. That's probably it. And uh, that brings us to our second sponsor, uh, Let's Run dot com. Uh, most of the stuff that we are talking about honestly belongs on the message boards there. Probably may already be on the message boards there. Yeah, we. I just honestly don't keep up with it enough. DB Squirt XC may have already covered that on on Let's Run. One of my favorite posters. Isn't that Dane? Who's Who's Dane? Who's this Dane you speak of? I'm talking about DB Squirt. That is Dane, though, right? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we don't need to identify people based on their usernames, who may or may not have had a viral thread. <laughs> but but still still a legendary poster regardless 
Um, anyway, uh, our third our third uh, sponsor uh, for this podcast is Ricola. It's a Ricola. It's Ricola. Ricola, which is a. Honestly, I, I don't, I don't know what it's it pronounced uh, that way. It's Rick, I believe Rick-a-la. it's Ricola. Rick, Rick. Have you seen the commercials? No, I've like, never seen maybe the literally mis- yeah, the guy had they said the guy blowing the horn. And he's like Ricola. Yeah, but that's in like that's in song, so it's it's gonna right. be pronounced differently. No, it's yeah. it's just pronounced like no. That's exactly the way it's meant to be pronounced. You have to say Ricola. That's the that's literally the pronunciation of this brand. I don't know if I like that. It's kind of nice. It like forces everybody to get out the little singer that's inside of them. <laughs> Everybody just has a little drummer boy inside of them ready to come out. <laughs> um, uh, I just want to emphasize that we actually don't have any sponsors, but if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, we wouldn't be upset about it. At Nike. <laughs> At Nike. We'll, we'd love sponsorship from the, the Pegasus Turbo. Hmm. All right, let's clown on that shoe real quick. No, there's um, no. That thing sucks, man. I can't believe you just said that. That is the worst shoe that ever made. That is literally blasphemy. Coming I, from somebody who says that the the New Balance 1080 is a good shoe. The New Balance 1080 is a fantastic shoe. It's, but it's, all right, you know what sucks? The all Peg, New Balance the Peg shoes. Turbo. All New Balance shoes. The Peg t- Turbo suck. is so bad. Nope. Yeah, dude. Nope. Like, all right, so it's not gonna last you 500 miles. It's gonna last me a thousand miles. No, it won't. How much you like, want to You'll wear through the Zoomax in like 50. Right? Then I won't but put a thousand miles on that. No injury. Bet. You're not even keeping track of it right now. Yeah, I know. I'm just not. You're gonna. You're yeah. You're gonna. Next time you see me, you're gonna be like, all right, let's see those original zoom, like those original turbos. It's gonna be worn down all the way to the React foam, and you're gonna be like, holy shit. Mm. Yeah. So that just reinforces my point that it's not a 500 mile shoe. No, you're right. It's a it's a 1,000 mile shoe for Zach. No, dude, it's not. Like every, every shoe is a 1,000 mile shoe for Zach, except for the Saucony Freedom, because I hated that shoe so much that I just like, even though I could have put 100, I mean 500 miles in it, or like, or like 700 miles in it, or whatever. I just, I was just disgusted. I've never run in that. It's it's it, I don't I have I can't say anything about the newer ones like the updates, but like the original one I had it and it's it'd be it'd be a decent shoe to walk around in. That's like, what I use it for. It's it's nice and it's 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 comfortable. I but, gotta work in that. And it looks good. Yeah. But it's just I just didn't enjoy running in it. The like, second one's worse. I can put well I can do I can honestly put like seven hundred to a thousand miles on literally any shoe. I don't see. I don't believe that. I I 100 believe that. All right. So Ultra Boost. Yeah, I could easily do that. Would I enjoy it? Probably not. Ultra Boost wears out in the forefoot first. I guarantee, I can put a thousand miles on literally nearly any shoe. I've had a pair of Boston's that I've been running in for like three years now. Yeah, that's disgusting. And they're still fine. I have no pain in them. I I just I I just have a very unique ability to wear any shoe and. You know, that's get so gross. way more than its lifespan out of it. Yeah, I'm I'm the kind of person who's like 200 miles in. I'm kind of like, eh, and this shoe's not feeling as good as. See, it the Vaporfly is going to be the only shoe that I can't get like a significant amount of mileage out of. Have like, you seen that like whole group of people dedicated to like posting about how the Vaporfly is like the most durable thing ever? Durable? I, who? Dude, is, there's like flat earthers of the running community. Yeah, it's like this whole subset of people on Instagram who are posting um, how Australia like, doesn't exist. The Vaporfly is like real durable, and they're like, "Oh, I've got let's see, Vaporfly worldwide." I no, bet this is literally the the flat Earth Society of the running community. If this is actually a thing, I've never heard of this. I'm glad. Yeah, man, it's like people are like, um, people are saying that they're getting like 500, 600 miles at Vaporfly. There's no chance that happens. Yeah, I agree. If anybody can do that, it's me. I don't think I can do that. 
I'll, I'll find you one and I'll send it to you. All but right. yeah, there, there are people on here who are like, oh, I'm still running the Vaporfly. I have the original and it's, it's still kicking. And then like they post pictures of it and the, the rubber, the blown rubber on the bottom is like worn away. Yeah. And they're like, they're on the Zoom X the whole time. They're like, no, this is like, this is exactly why the shoe isn't supposed to last. No, like, mine is like, I, I put like probably 55 miles on my original pair of Vaporflies, and they're already like, you got minor portions of it that um, have worn off the uh, the rubber, and you got a little bit of the Zoom X poking out. Like, my voice, like, there's like, that shoe is just not durable at all. Like, that's like literally the only shoe that I probably won't get. 250 out of even like I, I don't yeah. think I'm even like I would honestly though it's, it's a vapor fly so you know as soon as I can't run them anymore I'm gonna be lifestyling it yeah I mean I I despise people that get fresh pairs and lifestyle them that like if they're worn out you know what that's fair enough you know you're pretty much just you're just showing off the the work that you you put in yeah but if you buy new vapor flies and wear them around as lifestyle mm-hmm. shoes you you are to me on par with a pronator and i feel like the punishment for it should be the same so i've, t- I've told you this before right um like i had this i had this friend who snapped me a picture of like the vaporfly that this guy was wearing like just casually at, in like class yeah that makes me mad i saw like there was a kid that um i actually had a talk with this kid well i tried to have a talk with this kid who was at um at troy and he was walking around with paper flies, and I was like, "All right, that's not okay. I gotta talk to this kid and ask him why he's doing this." So I go up to him, and the, the dude's French. He's a he's a French student, and like, so he didn't like hardly speak any English. And so I'm trying to tell him that what he's doing is wrong, <laughs> without like insulting him, because I start I immediately realize like, "Oh, this is a, a foreign student, and he seems like he's a pretty good guy. He probably just doesn't know that he shouldn't be doing this." And I'm like, "I'm gonna do my civilian duty and arrest sure, him. Make sure. Well, yeah, I mean, citizens arrest. That's that seems fair." But it's like, I'm gonna move my Maybe I can give him a warning, and maybe he'll like, okay, yeah, I get it now. Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be a little bit wrong, and like, maybe he just got done doing a workout, and he needed to go into the dining hall because it was about to close, and he just needed to grab some food real quick. Like, maybe, uh, maybe I'll cut him some slack. But yeah, I mean, the dude just couldn't speak um, like super great English, and so it was hard to communicate. And I was just like, you get, you get a free pass just because I'm not, uh, I don't have the ability to speak French. Like, I'm not bilingual. Like, so many exchange students that are bilingual and even if they don't do a great job speaking English it's like so much more impressive because I can't clearly speak like uh, a good quality sentence in most people's languages well I think you could probably speak it in um, Chinese at this point right because I mean, you, I can you do... have to you're gonna have to learn how to speak Chinese in the next day if you don't know how already. I don't have to learn I, I definitely want to and I think I, I believe I'm gonna be I'm gonna have classes available to me um, which I'm gonna take full advantage of because I'd like to be um, bilingual and honestly just be, to be able to speak conversational Mandarin is only going to do me favors with like the kinds of things that I want to pursue in the future so um, I'm definitely going to take advantage of classes um, right now I'm pretty much like I can say basic greetings yeah and that's it's, it's also difficult because it's I mean it's a very tone based language so sometimes like I feel like I mean, even if I'm, if I'm technically speaking singer I feel like I'm putting over emphasis on certain things that aren't necessarily supposed to be emphasized because it just doesn't feel right for me to say this like in a normal tone if that makes sense like, yeah it's it's just like i'm i almost feel like i'm like being that guy that's like making fun of the language but i'm really in reality just trying to speak it and like doing my best and like so i'm excited like to get a chance to actually take classes and like be able to like have somebody like guide me and say okay this is the proper way tone yeah to pronounce this 
So hit us with your your best your best Chinese real quick. Uh, insults only. Insults only. Um, I, I don't know any insults. Currently. All right. Well, then you're never gonna make it. I know. I know. I'm never <laughs> gonna make it. The people there are so nice. I just need to. I just need, the first thing I need to do is just go over there and just insult insult them all. <laughs> like that's the, that's probably the best thing to do. All right. So can you say hi? Ni hao. All right. Well, you're probably good then. You can say, you I just say, say ni hao you know, all the time. Zhao, zhao shang hao. Um, I feel like sometimes when I'm saying that, like I, I put extra emphasis on it, which is mainly because when when I was at camp in the summer, the Chinese delegation, like uh, would, every morning we'd have flag time and everybody would say good morning in in their language, and everybody was kind of aggressive with it just because it's like this this fun thing where you're waking up and you're just screaming how to say good morning in your language, and so the Chinese delegation is always like zhao shang hao and so that's how i like i'm so used to hearing it that way so i was just like all right i already before i even decided i was going to china knew how to say good morning and good night but it's like i am associating it with this very like pumped up like peppy type yeah. of way and so sometimes i feel like if i'm saying that to somebody like i feel like if i say i feel like i'm gonna end up going over to china and saying that to somebody and they're gonna be like okay asshole why are you like putting emphasis on it like that's just not how we say things i'm gonna be like i'm sorry like i will I'm just trying to speak the language. <laughs> You're gonna be like giving like, you the, this is the backstory. only context in which I've ever heard this said, and I and I've heard this said you know over 30 times, like literally every day, multiple times for a month. <clears throat> I was hearing this, and I was hearing it in this way. So yeah, I'm like, help me out. I'm hoping I'll get a little bit of slack here, but maybe I'll just try my best just to tone it down and be like Zhao Shang Hao, and hope that that's will get understood. Because I mean, for all I know, like I could even be there could be a minor tone that I'm like ne- miss like doing wrong right there yeah i mean like it seems pretty simple but <sighs> a lot a lot of those things that language is very complex like it's it's very impressive people that can learn that like quickly there's like people like people out there that can learn languages quickly like learning a language like that quickly i'm very impressed by like i've been on duolingo just trying to get basic things down and like it's very difficult although i was given advice from um some of my supervisors to um try an app called hello chinese i believe and so i'm trying that out um right now just to see if that will help at all because yeah 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 duolingo is a great app but it's it's showing me like symbols and i'm like i honestly i'm like i'm not i don't anywhere near the the time where i need to, to like be able to read that because it's just that's a whole other ball game trying to learn how to read mandarin so i'm like I, I honestly just want to learn how to speak first so duolingo is not giving me exactly what i want there because all of it's it's very symbol based and then it will show you like this symbol means this you combine them in this which is decently helpful but at the base level i really just need like to understand like okay i hear this sound this tone this word and this means this and when i structure sentences this way this means this yeah that makes sense it's difficult it's a very difficult language i'm hoping that i mean i'm gonna try my best and like i'm just gonna i'm gonna make my goal to get make some some friends pretty quickly and like just try to have them challenge me to speak chinese as much as possible once i get like you know a decent amount of words under my belt where i can like okay i'm understand some things and just force me to speak um, Mandarin so that I can really truly learn like just be willing to take the criticism when I'm inevitably like they're like your your Chinese is absolutely horrible <laughs> like this is like the worst variation of Mandarin I've ever heard and I'd be like all right well fix me help me yeah that'll be cool man um, so you're moving to Beijing what um, what are you what's your job like what are you doing besides like you're teaching English but to who I'm selling secrets. Um, I'm um, yeah. I'm teaching English. Um, I don't know exactly what age group I'm gonna be teaching yet. Um, 
could be anywhere from like you know like really young kids to like high school teenage high school uh, senior age I guess yeah like so I'm hoping that I'll be around the, around the same age that I was um, that I was working with um, over the summer like around that 11 year old range because that was that age just seemed perfect for me because it's like they're still young enough to where like they're they're cute and they're obedient for the most part but they're but they're old enough to where they're like pretty structurally able to handle some complex like topics which is in my opinion like pretty much ideal yeah awesome that would be pretty cool yeah but I won't know until I go through my training and I guess they're just gonna have to they're gonna have me like co-teach a couple classes and see who I kind of click with mm-hmm. and um once we find like a group that I kind of click with it's gonna be all right you're gonna be doing um, this age group and start working on my own lesson plans and basically just trying to help grow um, a group of students that'd be pretty cool yeah, um, very excited well um, let's let's turn to some some more uh, listener questions real quick oh do we have some more listener questions yeah um, so actually Alex had another good one did he um, this one's a little more explicit all right, I'm completely okay with that. I forgot. I forgot he did have a couple more, didn't he? Yeah. Um, all right. Can running PRs be associated with <laughs> with genitalia size? <laughs> What's the example? Can you read it? No, I'm not gonna read that. You don't want to read the example? No, that's not. That's it's fine. A, I mean, it's a decent. It, it helps people understand like what, where he's going with this. All right, fine. Alex says, for example, Red has the slowest 5k PR. In, in this group <laughs> so his his junk would be tiny so uh, he, said, he says please discuss logistics on the podcast <laughs> I feel like I've got um, I feel like I can pretty decently approach like I, I don't know I, I like we were talking about this in the group chat too like there's always exceptions I think that we mentioned Alan Webb in there as, as an exception it's like you know the, the OG white boy that just you know putting his big dick out there on the track but. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, so is is your PR in in one event more indicative of like genitalia size? Well, he's than, specifically like, a, your five K PR. So I guess yeah, what are but, we gonna are we gonna say okay in your specialty event or are we gonna just say straight no, up five K? Straight up five K. Oh well, um, ah, man, I, for some people maybe. I mean, you know, maybe like I guess like if you look at it like it's like. I was a I was a mediocre I've got a mediocre five K PR. It's like it's it's decent, you know, most people it's better than most people, but is it anything like super special? No. And I'd say that's probably a pretty good description of my genitalia. It's like nothing super special, better than <laughs> better than most. Nothing like nothing to write home about, nothing that you're like, wow, you should consider like a job in the porn industry. But it's like Or uh, you should consider just not Yeah. Not yeah. being around anyone. <laughs> exactly. It's like, all right, you know what? It's it's Nothing that's gonna get you made fun of. Nothing that's gonna get you, you know, like talked about and like, like just like around all, all, all these groups is like, okay, that's the guy with like the, you know, the big junk. But you know, that's kind of like that kind of describes my current five K PR. It's like, all right, you know, I'm better than you know most people, but okay. there's nothing special about but, it. But all right, let's let's go to my my five K PR. It's not as impressive as my eight K, which I will say is faster than that's most people. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, but but I'm just saying, like. <laughs> I'm just saying, Alex. Alex, you sound like you're little, getting a little defensive. I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that my AK is faster than Alex's. That's true. 
by like probably a good like forty seconds. To be fair to Alex, he doesn't. Maybe go any maybe faster. almost a minute. He's not allowed to go any faster than half marathon training <laughs> for the entirety of his cross country training. I'm actually which, I'm gonna look him up on T for real quick. Absolutely horrible. Which is just it, it 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 just defies all logic. Like I I don't understand how any coach could even expect to have a successful cross country team without you know dipping under. Without dipping under, like at least no, your ten no. k pace. If, if you do that, if you if you run half marathon time, or half marathon pace the whole whole year, you'd be like really aerobic. Like, why is he doing like very basic marathon training? Yeah, so I'm fifty eight seconds faster in the five k, or in I'm, in the eight k. I'm a minute and seven seconds faster in the eight k. But like I said, I, mean, I honestly though I will say like you're twenty six ten right? Yeah, I think that Alex in his current fitness level, if he was to do like a legit eight k, like now that he's you know coaching himself for the most part, I, I would say like I feel like he would be able to beat my eight k PR as of like right now if he was to go out and do an eight k on a good course right now, like but. I mean, again, it's a hypothetical. I think I, I personally think he, he would, but yeah, I mean, it's it's, a, it's one of those things with like with all the people on Let's Run before Rep ran two oh six. They were like, he's a two oh nine guy. They're just like, you that's know, true. Until you run X time, you are this guy technically, but you can definitely like like I think a lot of runners know this that you definitely like there's times when you may have been in that for whatever reason you didn't quite hit the kind of shape that you were in. But it's like you can't say like somebody's like, "What's your PR?" Like you can't say. Uh, like, I I I think that um, the day I ran my five k PR, I mean it was like ninety degrees. It was in the pretty dead heat of the day. It was in Alabama in the in the late spring. It was, yeah, like I said, ninety degrees, very humid. Um, and it was I, I won the race, so it wasn't like a, a super mm-hmm. fast race up front. And I was like, I, I really think that fitness wise, I was probably in, you know, around fifteen ten, maybe dipping into fifteen O's shape. But you know, I mean, I was like, I, I never did that, so I can't necessarily, I can't say objectively that that's my PR, because it's not. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, it's like I, I definitely do believe that at that point, that's the kind of shape that I was in. But I, it, just, it didn't come together on the right day, and that's part of, that's part of being X runner. Yeah. So I mean, it's that's a difficult thing. So but, you're you're saying that you're, no matter what, that's your. That's your dick size. No matter what you mean, like like even even if you say you're even if you say you could run faster, which means your dick would get bigger, right? That's your dick size. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever your PR is, that is like I mean, in this scenario, in this hypothetical, yes, that that would be your your penis size is what is your five k PR right now? Now compare that. So it's like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, it's (laughs) it's better than most, but nothing special. That's, I feel like that's the best description, and I feel like my 5K PR adequately describes where I am mm. as, a, as a man. <laughs> so by this logic, I'm, a, I'm going to accept Alex's theory on this, for, at least for myself. I'll accept it. All right, so what about in specialty events? Like, so you specialize in, say, the mile. Your name is Yamif. Oh man, well the, yeah, then you—that's gotta be like huge. I mean, he's the second. He's gotta have the second biggest one in the world right now. I mean, yeah, hypothetically. Well, I mean, as of right now, he's Hitcher, the first Hitcher biggest Guru's right still, now. No, Guru's, Guru's still, still alive, alive but exactly. he doesn't. But he's he could not do that right now. 
Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's still alive. His performance would be... That's his PR, dude. Fair enough. He may be still be bigger, but his performance wouldn't be on the same level as, as Yomif right now. It's like he, his, his stamina wouldn't quite be up to par. You want to know why Yomif didn't get it? He didn't lean. He didn't lean. Right. Yeah, Alex and I talked about this, but we were also thinking... I was also saying, like, we... I mean, I have no clue, like, how I would react in that kind of race. Like, you, you would think that they would have talked about or he would know that, like, you know, if it's, if it's going to be close, you know it's going to be close, so you should lean with the line. But at the same time, like, as a disc runner who's not used to doing that, like, when you're running that flat out mm-hmm. and you're coming cr- close to the finish, you're pretty much dead. Your mind is not thinking at the same heightened level that it may have been. I mean, Are you saying that he wouldn't have been able to lean? I'm saying, like, maybe it just it may, it may just not have crossed his mind in time. Like, he just may not have had... I mean, if, if, if it crossed his mind at all, it was too late. I mean, because you got to think, like, it's a simple thing. Like, I mean, if it crosses his mind and he knows he's close, he probably leans. But he didn't know. Right, right. I mean, he had to know he was close, though. That was the thing. Like, he was as hard as he was going, he knew he was close to the record. So, you'd think that he would probably lean, I would say... Uh, if you know you're that close, you probably lean. But like I said, if you're running that flat out, your your mind's not processing a lot of things, like a lot of the logic, as quickly. And so that's not. I, I can't say necessarily that I would have leaned. It's like I would like to think that I did. I I do. But again, I, I just don't know that I my brain's functioning in the same way to be able to make that decision, like like a snappy decision like that. Yeah. It's hard to tell. I'm going to suspend judgment on that one. What did the Pacers go out at? 152.99 for the 800. Uh, man, that's actually that's actually pretty quick. Right. I mean, I, what, I, what I was told beforehand, apparently they um was only it was only supposed to go through 1K. But what I was what I was hearing beforehand was that the goal was the Pacer whoever the Pacer was to go through 12 1200, so that Yomif would only have to run 100 meters. Wait. Um, 400 meters, you know, by himself, two laps on yeah. the North track. And I guess that I think that also I think that if um if Chez had gone with the pace and just pushed him, even if Chez died, if Chez would have gone with the pace and not let Yomif be the only one going with the pace, I think that Yomif would have gotten it because I mean the competition aspect like was just wasn't there. I yeah. mean the dude had everybody gapped so early because he was the only one with the pacer. As soon as the pacer dropped out, I mean he just he was just there by himself trying to push up push on along. Yeah. I mean, so Chez definitely had the fitness to go with him last year, but I just don't know if he has it this year because yeah. he's been through like that injury wave. And what's what's crazy is it's like you're, you're looking at a guy. I mean, it's it's, it's so hard to tell because it's the the man ran three fifty three on the flat track indoor last year, mm-hmm. right before he ran the and three forty nine. Right before he ran the three forty nine, he ran three forty three on a flat track. This year he runs three fifty five on a flat track, which is still very fast, and won that race by eight seconds over mm-hmm. like quality quality athletes. Won by eight seconds, just by himself the whole way, like. 355 on a flat track. So, I'm like, that's not that far behind where he was last year, but it's just so much more disappointing because you just, the way that Chez has been, like, he was so electric last year during indoor that you were just, you just, you just expect something huge to happen mm-hmm. every single time now, especially because he was, he had those injuries and, like, really just wasn't present during it, during outdoor season. It's just, I wanted Chez, I, I just felt like Chez was in such good shape that he, he really could have taken a stab at that record last year, I think. And yeah. he got into the right race. Definitely. But, I mean, no, not being an Oregon Project athlete, it's just the luxury of him going for a world record attempt is going to be significantly lower. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, imagine, imagine him going to the NLP, man. That'd just be the the most legendary squad in the in, in the country. But I mean, his former teammates are all there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, okay, some of them are. Uh, I mean, Center his favorite, is left. his favorite, Eric Jenkins. Yeah, Eric Jenkins, man. They're best buddies. That's because one's a ghost, and <laughs> well, you know, Chaz is Kenyon. It's true. But one of them is a uh, a rapper formerly by the name of uh, Ricky Roxford. I thought it was Milkman. Did he also have a Milkman rapper name? Uh, well, I mean, he was definitely Ricky they Roxford. Call him, they call him Milkman. Oh well, maybe they do. I don't. I don't know anything about that. But he definitely was Ricky Roxford on. Did you see that new video he posted on Instagram today? No, maybe it was yesterday. Um, but like Nike's got this like whole, like they're painting him as like this solitary, um, like just kind of get get things done kind of guy. Okay. And I mean, but he's like Organ Project, so you know he's got like. You know he's got like ridiculous amounts of recovery, recovery, massages. yeah, and and like massage therapists and. Um, Fun fact: therapist is spelled the rapist. <laughs> and yet, and we still go to let them take our clothes off and touch our bodies. Just an interesting little weird oddity of the world that we live in. Anyway, here's a video. So we're looking at him like he's like on the road between failure and success. It's like in training. He's clearly flat out on a sprint it's right now. Raining. <laughs> We're like, it's let's see how fast you can run. 5 a.m. With every ritual, I promise. What shoes we got this man in? In solitude. That. He looks like he's in one of those dreams where you're like trying to run really fast but just can't. Yeah. In the moment before the moment of weakness, remember the goal. How many different recovery tools have we seen so far? The goal is to At least four. Distance. It's the How same running sequence. How much emptiness can you fit in a mile? What would you give to find out? So, all right, like, the reason I bring that up is because it paints, it paints Jenkins as, like, this guy who's uh, essentially like a Quentin Cassidy kind of guy. But you know, like, he's driving down to the Nike campus every day and, like, working out in Alberta, standing there with a stopwatch. Oh, yeah. And, and like, he's probably, he's probably got the luxury of asking, like, pretty much any Nike athlete to jump in and he's help He's driving him. his NOP-branded Tesla, you know, up to practice. I'm just saying, like... I get that Nike needs to make like some marketing hype around their athletes, but like, they're they're branding him in, like a weird weird way because like, Track and Field in general is branded in a very weird way. I I would agree with that. I mean, I think the idea of like, of like the blue collar runner still like it, it still exists because like obviously like the Tim Man Elite is kind of like that that group that embodies that. Right. Even though like. I mean, Reed Fisher did run just a really, just run a really good half, but really, like, they haven't had anybody really accomplish anything major yet. No. I mean, Drew Hunter's high school mile, but he wasn't even coached by that by him back then. But no, Drew Hunter has. No, he has, was. He was. He was being oh, coached, he was by, coached by the same coach. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't going to be coached by his parents when he was in high school. No, he he switched. He switched from his his parents to his uh, to Tom Schwartz like his senior year. You savage. Yeah, um, but I mean, his his parents were also coaching like. A whole high school team, so they couldn't yeah. afford to give him like the extra attention. Yeah, yeah. That he obviously needed. I mean, as, as like a guy who was developing like that early, he really needed some some guidance. 
Yeah. But um yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just saying like when I when I think of Nike, I just don't associate it with blue collar. No, not at all. <coughs> well, except for the Nike Canyons or a blanket chip. He just looks like yeah, he he has, just because he looks like a hobo. He does look like a hobo. Like he just looks like he's come straight from the trailer park for his race. <laughs> Him and Noah Drotty. <laughs> Him and Noah Drotty might be twins. And they might be the same runner. They might be the actual same person. It's like yeah, he's just, he's just running all these longer races <laughs> with with the Drotty personality and running decent but slower than your best guys. And they're just like, oh yeah, there's Noah Drotty guy. And all he does like doesn't do anything super fast. And it's just still up here. And then you got, you know. Yeah, blanket chip who shows up for like fifteen hundreds <laughs> like in three thirty three and you're just like, Well this makes no sense. I thought this was the other blanket chip. <laughs> it's like this isn't this is the uh this is the I thought I was getting the uh the good looking blanket chip, not the fast one. Are you saying Drotty looks better than, than uh are you saying Drotty looks better, like more no, I'm just put a, together than no, blanket chip? I'm just appreciating the fact that somebody I'm just like appreciating hearing hearing the conversation take place in my mind. It's like it wouldn't matter, you could have interchanged either of the names. It, it really wouldn't matter to me who was getting picked up by the big fish company because I'm just like, you know what? It's just it's fucking scraps. Okay, what is this obsession with the fast twitch? Like, is Sakani just, like, really pushing this shoe? Because, like, all right, so Drotty and, and Stinson have been posting, like, oh, yeah, the fast twitch is so great, but neither of them are probably pronators. Like, they're probably, neither of them are pronators. No, no, there's um, no chance. But, like... Dude, the Lord, it's on the a, other hand. It, it's a it's a stable it's a stable racing shoe, which honestly I don't understand why you would want. Like you don't need the stability in a in a racing flat. It's, that's just stupid. You do. Um but the Brooks Ravenna, the new Brooks Ravenna, Brooks Ravenna ten. I just I just don't get the, the fast twitch push. Everybody's like, Well the fast twitch is the best. But you're just hearing fast and assuming that that's the case. I uh, I just one I don't I don't think I would like it because it, it reminds me too much of that streak lt um okay that's fair this and that's just not comfortable for road racing it's not like wait 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 which lt i have i have an lt3 LT that i'm gonna be like no it is comfortable for road racing. no it's not i've there's no cushioning i doesn't need to be it's just enough like i wouldn't run a marathon in it but would i run no a no 5k like on the road, 5K on the road? Yes, no absolutely. way I, I, ra- I race like run for the pies in that i've definitely and... run a 5k on the road in that no i did race run for the pies one year in my training flats that i got from school that were like true basically they were my cross country spikes mine spikes and that was the worst season i've ever made in my life like that was just awful I that's what a streak is no it's got more cushion than that no the streak lt is exactly a spike it's a little bit it's more just than a spike cushion. now the zoom streak six had a little bit more cushion but the the lt i like a lot I'll wear I'll wear that for short road races. Would you wear it for? I've got uh, some pink LT three. Would you wear it for a five miler? Yeah, especially on the beach. Six miler. Ten uh, k. Yeah. I think that probably ten k is where I would then stop. Like I'd probably be using my vapor flies for anything ten k up. I I've seen some data that the vapor fly actually is uh, more efficient over than even the Matumbo. Yeah, over three k. That's insane, man. But also, I don't think I would like the way it feels. For three K. Imagine putting a spike plate on it, and then getting to run three K in it. Nah, I still, I still don't think it's too much cushion. What about a, what if we put a uh, Superfeet carbon in it as well? Double carbon. Double fiber. Double double carbon fiber action. <laughs> that actually probably make it feel pretty good. This is what the people need. Nike should just team up with Superfeet, and everybody who buys a Superfly gets a carbon to go with it. 
So I haven't actually like run in favor fly for more than like five minutes because like put it on and put it and got on the treadmill and ran in it. And I actually like the way I like the way it feels, but I also I kind of agree with Jordan that I do get a little bit too much like running through my calf. Like it's just a little bit too much energy return. Yeah, I mean, like I said, during the marathon, my calf got my half locked up at mile twenty as well. But at the same time, if I had prepared actually and really stretched my calf out, like all the times leading up to the race, I think I would have been a little bit better off. But my body was a little bit more prepared. I mean, it's just you've got to. It's it's a different kind of shoot. I feel like you definitely there is a a period of break in. So let's. Um... I mean, they're technically speaking race ready once you get them, but. I mean, just to get used to them, I feel like you really need a break-in period for the uh, paper fly, just to get used to them. All right, so let's uh, let's add four percent back to Kachoge's time, and he'd be a two hundred five guy. That's crazy. That's why over the marathon it just works. Isn't that crazy? That's... Like he'd be a, he'd be a two hundred five, a two hundred five guy if he had. If he just taken those off, if if it really is a four percent difference, but I've also heard that like, um, it doesn't doesn't actually equate to four percent for at the elite level. Hmm. Was it less? Yeah, I mean I can see it being less at the elite level, but also that's kind of it's kind of nuts. The best you ever made. <laughs> best you ever no, made. The, uh, Especially when paired with a super feet carbon. There's gonna there's gonna be like every company is coming out with something similar though. Well, we'll see. Adidas sure thought they had something similar. No, sure okay, Adidas didn't even try. Garbage. Come on, like the sub two is. I mean, you can tell that they really didn't try. They're like, oh shit, Nike released shoe. We gotta make a response to that. And they're like, no, no, we're not ready. He's like, yeah, we are. And the two guys ran the ad, the ad campaign. And the manager was like, you guys are both fired. Like, we got ten here. Like, no, dude, no. Yeah, that the sub two is real bad. Like, it's a it was a terrible response to Vaporfly. Just like complete opposite end of the spectrum, really firm. Still really light, but like there's no cushion. It was on a it. terrible shoe. It's so bad. Like the Adidas Sub Two is is one of the worst things ever made. That's why none of their elite athletes are running in it right now. They're well, all still they're just they're taking vapor flies and putting uppers and just cutting the uppers off and putting their. Uh, no, they're still running in the Adios. And the Adios is a great shoe, but like oh, you saw all the New Balance. Oh, of course this is New Balance. You saw all the New Balance athletes at Euros that got vapor fly four percent, cut the cut the uppers off or crossed over it and just put New Balance logos on it. I did see that. It's like, well, New Balance didn't make that shoe, but you go, you try. People who know what you're talking about are going to expose your ass. I mean, obviously there's like, right now, there's like big arms race going on in the shoe industry. Because like the Vaporfly comes out, everybody needs to have a response to it like immediately, you know? Um, and I think, I think that Adidas is out of running. They don't have, they don't have a good product. They don't have like the fireback for it, and also the way they're like using their boost foam, it's just not working out right now. Um, I saw like on Let's Run that Saucony has like a prototype. Did you see that on Jared Ward's feet? Like that? that yeah, picture? yeah, I did. I'd be interested to see because you know what, Saucony has been making subtle improvements just in the competitive game, like the um the endorphin track spike for this year. It's, it's basically light. it's basically no. I, I was looking at it, it was like it's basically a matumbo. Yeah. It's like literally a matumbo with a Saucony upper, and I was like Saucony's like up to their game. They basically like all right, we're gonna take something that Nike's been successful with for a long time and put our upper on it, and it's a very good upper as well. Like the endorphin is essentially like I said, I've been telling people like 
it's essentially an, it's essentially a Matumbo. Like that's a phenomenal like Saucony's endorphin track spike for distance this year, phenomenal spike. Yeah. Like Saucony's making plays, which is interesting though, because I just I personally just do not really like their shoes to run in. Okay. Like I just not a big fan of their shoes to run in, but but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that 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 spike is phenomenal, and the the havoc for cross country was pretty darn pretty darn good spike as well. I think the Havoc's the best one. I, I really like the Havoc. I was really kind of torn between the Havoc and the New Balance spike on which one was the better cross-country spike. I really like the Havoc was just a great spike all around. But the New Balance, New Balance always makes a good cross spike, though. New Balance is much better at making cross spikes than track spikes because their track spikes are absolute garbage for this year. They're, they're complete trash. Have you tried them on? Yes. They're awful. They're terrible. But their cross-country spike was phenomenal. And then the, um, the Havoc was also phenomenal. Because it was just the Nike... The, Nike makes phenomenal track spikes, but somehow just their cross spikes just suck. Yeah. The sock like upper on that on that victory. The, the uh, I mean that was so bad. It made me it made me upset. Did you see? Um, I was visibly upset. Have you have you seen like all the all the hate that Asus have been getting lately? Why they've been getting hate is because their shoes. The people are starting to finally realize their shoes suck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that. Um, that new Nimbus. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, it's so bad. I, I tried it on, and I was like, within three seconds, I was like, everybody who liked the Nimbus before is going to be really disappointed, and anybody who's like, we like bring out to like try the Nimbus on is going to be like, what is this? So it's just going to alienate both segments. Yep. Like, it's just not, not good. But, you know, it's whatever. I think I think that it just opens up the door for probably more Mizuno sales. Mizuno is an underrated brand in run specialty, I think. I mean, the Wave Rider is a pretty solid shoe, always has been. I will say the um I tried on the new Wave Knit that's coming out soon, the Wave Knit 2, and it's super soft. Like it's very soft and it fits kind of big kind of like the uh, the new Vomero. It just where it's like you just have to drop down in size because it and it's it's also just super soft yeah like i i was just i'm just so not used to feeling that kind of softness on a mizuno shoe like it just kind of it was it threw me off a little bit when i put it on i was like because i love the upper but then, yeah it fits well but but then i was just i was like what the hell am i wearing i was like this is not a mizuno shoe like this this just doesn't feel but i mean it, it's it's i think it's weird though because it's like the wave knit I just feel like looking at it, it should be like the um, the faster day shoe. But honestly, I'd probably use the Wave Rider if I if I was gonna be you know running in the Mizuno lineup that just staying a rough entity sore cell. I'd be Wave Rider for my faster days, and then that one for the for the longer days because it's just softer. You know what's crazy is they're the same midsole. It's the same thing, which is yeah. it makes no sense because they definitely feel different. Oh no, completely. I I tried on the uh, so the Wave Sky is coming out this year. The new Wave Sky is coming out. They're ditching the Wave Plate. What? But no. Yeah, no Why? Wave Plate. Um, they're also going to have a TPU uh, like layer in it, pouring in. Oh, that's that's a that's a mistake, man. That's the you know that's the UVA film that made the vapor fly so fast. So, <laughs> so they should stick with that. All right. So to, to be to be honest, we're not we're not ignorant of the fact that ZoomX is an, is not EVA. We know it's not. Don't comment on this and say that we're idiots. 
or do, and then get exposed <laughs> with logic and facts. Get wrecked by internet jocks. Um, but yeah, I think I think the waist guy is actually going to be a good shoe. Because again, on the same upper as the wave wave knit, um, and it's going to be like it's going to be that good blend of soft and and bouncy. Mizuno needs to bring back their leopard print shoes, like their shoes with the really cool. Print oh yeah, designs. yeah, yeah, those are cool. It's like the the cheetah cheetah type print. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, man. Um, do we want to end it there? I feel like we've covered a decent amount of ground. Yeah, yeah. This has been this has been a quality, quality exit podcast. I've literally I'm leaving for the airport in less than twelve hours. And are you packed? I have my clothes that I'm taking over to try to save space, like vacuum sealed and like big the big zip, the Ziploc like vacuum seal bags. Yeah. But I have not opened a suitcase yet, so nothing is actually in a suitcase. I've just got a bunch of vacuum sealed like stacks of clothes that I haven't actually packed yet. I got to also figure out which books I'm taking. I'm also trying to convince my family to let me take the Wii with me to China. So I think I'm going to lose that battle. But um, I, I would like to say I would definitely get more use out of it than I would get staying here. But, I mean, it's it's not up to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Wii is uh, Wii's actually a pretty underrated console. Oh, it's a phenomenal console. Yeah. Mario Kart, Super Strikers Charged. I mean... Even just classic Wii Sports is just a satisfying game. It really is. I mean, like, I just, I really enjoy Wii Bowling. Wii Bowling is good. Yeah, I've bowled a 300 several times. 300? Yeah. We have, actually, there's a member of the Do Well Distance Project that has actually been a, a first-hand witness to to being sauced by a perfect game from Zach Bias. Evan? No, Jess. Oh. Yeah. Bowled, hey, called definitely, out. Definitely bowled a perfect game against her and she actually also bowled a pretty decent game i think she's like 190 but just absolutely got sauced by my perfect game but you know you can never be mad about a perfect game no you can't you can't be mad if you get beat by a perfect game it's just that you're just playing against a superior human being yeah at that point i could never bowl a perfect game in person (laughs) but i will definitely talk mad shit about being able to bowl a perfect game honestly it should be in my twitter bio bowled multiple time 300 bowler in Wii. Man, uh, we should have a TED Talk. That should be... I'd, be... I'd be pretty down to do a TED Talk. I feel like that'd be really fun. Just to find a, de- a decent topic and just, just knock out a good TED Talk. and just It'd be funny, too, like to just go out there and make it seem like you're going to talk about something very serious and then completely talk about something completely different that actually has nothing to do with anything. Like, uh... Would it be satisfying... Like, like, I, as much as I admire the TED Talks and like, I really enjoy the information that I get from them, would it not be satisfying to troll a TED convention and just like go out there and just completely waste everybody's time for <laughs> half an hour just yeah. talking about a whole bunch of nonsense? Like try to convince them of a conspiracy theory or something. That'd be really funny. Just Or just go out there and like say a bunch of gibberish. Like you're just talking, you're like basically just we're going on a tangent. Maybe like I read like a small excerpt from like the U.S. Constitution, like <laughs> part of it that like nobody's ever even heard. And then, and then we just transition into like complete talking about weird stuff. All right, so let's get something really obscure from the Constitution. I'm, I'm gonna look it up actually. I'm gonna make sure we got something real weird.
No. You know what? Not worth it. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll nobody write. really <laughs> wants to read the entire U.S. Constitution, like, to try to find the part that you're just like, you know what? Like, to actually read through it long enough to find the part that you're like, you know what? This is the best part. This is the best excerpt to troll a tech convention. If you if you have enough time on your – I was like, you know what? I should say, like, when I, when I was working at OP, like, I definitely had enough time on my hands to, to probably research if I wanted to, like, the U.S. Constitution and find out which part would be the best to troll a tech convention with. But I, I, I used my time on – other better well i mean endeavors ted conventions are getting like they're getting speakers who have like ridiculous stuff to talk about like like how i used uh a a positive attitude to um make my make my day better and that's a whole ted talk yeah and i mean but the thing is is it's about sifting through and finding what's like really valuable to you because there are some ted talks that are like straight fire and they're like you can get so much out of it but i mean that's why i've been i'm more on the podcast right now like ted has had its place for me i still like a good ted talk every now and then but like listening to a quality podcast is like lane eight like lane eight like lane eight or joe rogan or uh, making sense with sam harris or um the jocko podcast the tim ferris show Tim Ferriss i've been listening to a lot of uh, tiny meat gang that just sounds like a phenomenal podcast it's I pretty really funny is it on spotify yeah yeah it's on spotify. I, I definitely need to check this out um, like, yeah, I've been listening to the Tim Ferriss show has actually been like one of my favorites lately. Like the, I've just recently discovered like Tim Ferriss and all of his work, and it's just like phenomenal. It's very practical. Some of the things that like he covers and just with helping people just improve in areas of their lives if they're legitimately motivated to do so. Are you gonna have like you'll you'll be able to listen to podcasts and stuff still, right? Oh yeah, I have a VPN, so even if anything's blocked, like I've got that on lock. All right, so can we? Uh... We'll have to figure out how to get you back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely figure it out. If I need, like, if I need, I, I can probably buy a mic pretty cheap over there, like, that will probably work pretty decent. So, I mean, if I need to, I can get a mic or something, or we can figure out something with, like, a phone call with decent audio. Or, or Skype. Or Skype, yeah. or, you know, whatever we need to do to um, to get it to work. I'm not a tech savvy, so it'll take me a while to figure that shit out. But well, we'll probably we can figure something. I'm sure that there's like a good solid like YouTuber, like uh, YouTube tutorial or like a um how to like how how things work. How things work. Yeah. Yeah. So how stuff works. (laughs) Yeah, we'll figure that out, and we'll have you back on the podcast again. For sure. Um. Anyway, worst case scenario, you can always you can always interview me on the podcast when I break your course record. Um, on that that local 5K you ran. Hey man, uh, that course record is probably gonna stand for like eight years. Yeah, um, it's gonna stand for one year, and then I'm gonna break it. Bet. I'm flying in from China just to break that, and then going back to China for two weeks. <laughs> and then coming back. <laughs> and then coming back again. <laughs> uh, I, I have a feeling I'll, I'll have that course record for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely gonna break it within the next two years. All right. As soon as you, I get the chance so. to go up there. Yeah. What'd you run? Uh, like seventeen, thirteen. So I just gotta run five thirty pace. No big deal. Yeah, Ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Yeah, I just decided. You know what? I I've already gotten exposed on the marathon with overconfidence. I may as well just go for it in every distance, and eventually, it just gotta. It's gotta work eventually. My overconfidence and sheer ignorance has to eventually just just get me through it. Yeah, eventually you'll get One there. One of these days, I'm gonna say something that's just like that. I really don't have no business saying, and I'm gonna go it out and just speak it into existence. <laughs> so. Yeah, like uh, I just got to continue to talk crap, and yet no, ninety nine times, okay, nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand, I'm gonna get exposed AF, and then there's gonna be that one golden moment where I can say, you know what, I told you I was gonna do that. 
Uh, like, I mean, you can I say, I told like, you I was going to rob that bank and get away with it. <laughs> say that, says that on the podcast, then immediately gets arrested. So I didn't know that the U.S. government listened to the Lane 8 podcast. I'm glad we have some followers that are powerful. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, thanks for having, uh, for taking the time to do this, Zach. Um, we'll have you back on the podcast and good luck in China. Always a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys. See you. Peace.